0: Well, this morning, uh, we're taking a departure from our current series, uh, FAQs, Frequently Asked Questions. I'm going to return to that next week. We'll actually close it out next Sunday with looking at uh, the question, Doesn't science disprove Christianity? So I invite you to come to that. It's going to be, I think, a really good sermon. I've been prepping for that, very excited about some of the research and some of the work uh, that we've done. But before I, I ask up a, a handful of our uh, members who helped start this church. I want to turn first to Colossians chapter 1. If you have a Bible, please turn to that. And I just want to open up with uh, some words about the church. Because when we come to the church, I think it's, it's uh, we can forget that the church is really this uh, unique relationship, this collaboration between the human and the divine. And sometimes we have these experiences at church where it is so divine. It's like a, you, you taste heaven. And yet then we have expectations that... 15, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created. He was supreme over all creation. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the little things we can see and the th- the things we can't see such as thrones and kingdoms, rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. We need to remind ourselves of that. He holds all creation together when things seem to be unraveling in our world. Christ is still holding things together. And this part right here is very important for us this morning. Christ is also the head of the church. A pastor's not. Uh, personality of a pastor is not. Christ is the head of the church. We need to remember that, which is, the, which is his body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead, so he is the first in everything. Thirty years ago, this church was planted with a, a number of people, a number of, of uh, folks and families coming together, and coming together as a body for a certain purpose and remembering that Christ it was the head and is still the head of this church. Thirty years later. And to also understand that we are the body and that we have a part to play. And 30 years ago, a number of people had a very big part to play. and I, I asked a handful of them to come up this morning and share their stories. May I asked John Peggy Alquist, Carol Dombrowski, Terry Gunderson, and Jesse Shoke to come on up here. Let's give them a hand this morning. <laughs> already thanks so much for being up here i think uh john peggy is really to begin with you guys at at that uh, before maple grove covenant was planted back in 1987 you guys were a part of redeemer covenant and what in the world uh came to you to actually leave an existing church where everything was was comfortable and actually be a part of a church plant and you had a young family at that time too
1: yeah, we did. Uh, Peter was 8 years old, and Tricia was 10, and Josh was 12, and we, we were all really happy at Redeemer. Yeah. Um, I think, though, the excitement of a new church plant out in way way over in Maple Grove. <laughs> we were driving 13 miles to Redeemer already. Uh, thought, Let's check it out, so we checked it out, and 13 miles to Redeemer, 13 miles to Maple Grove. <laughs> mm. So it didn't didn't make it any longer even though it seemed like it was further. And a much
2: prettier ride. Much prettier.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I I think um, as we talked about it, seeing the excitement of our friends who also wanted to be part of this church, um, it kind of got us excited. Um, I think though, for me anyway, the most important part was Pastor Larry and his family. Um, Pastor Larry had a, a great impact on my oldest already, uh, Joshua, and whenever he would go up front and uh, give a sermon, I, it was just really uh, impactful for me. So when we heard that, boy, we'll get to hear him every Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess that's part of it
0: for So, me. Th- so that relationship with, with Larry and Barb yeah. um, as they announced it and, and how about your kids, John, at that time? What was their reaction to being Redeemer? We didn't talk about this, but what was their reaction of going off to this uh, new church at Rice Lake Elementary?
2: You know, I, I don't know that we ever asked them. They did, did they? It is my recollection that um, we, because we lived a long ways away from church, they didn't go to school with any of the kids at church. Yeah. And so they didn't have any real good close friends at church, and um, so we th- we just had this notion that maybe going to this new place, they you know they might make some new friends or they might feel connected. But it wasn't hard, I don't think, to pull them away because they weren't as connected as maybe Peggy and I were at that point because they were still young.
0: Yeah, Terry, how about for you? Um, you're you were at Redeemer. Mm-hmm. You and your husband Rick, and yeah. same thing leaving something comfortable, you had, a, you had a building, you had programs, it was very convenient just to stay there and, and not go off into some unknown.
3: Right, um, In thinking back on those days, yes, it was a lot of work in the early days. I mean, we were putting up chairs, taking down chairs, we were, you know, hauling equipment and in and out. And, um, but I think it, none of us were looking to be comfortable. I think we were looking um, for something um, new and something fresh, and something uh, God was actually calling us out of where we were to something that um, we all felt was going to be something um, special and something new. so it wasn't really um, the fact that we um, didn't like being comfortable; it was more um, the the excitement and the possibility of making an impact in another place.
0: Yeah. yeah, and You know, I was a part of a church plant. I actually planted a church in St. Louis Park back in 2004, and I think uh, a lot of us just assume these churches happen by themselves and to realize the amount of work and the amount of prayer that goes into it because the the latest stats are not good for church planting. Eight out of ten church plants in America fail and also something that we need to know too is that uh, typically and this is something that was shared with me when i planted my church that your founding members uh, generally almost all of them uh, leave the church at some point within the first 18 months so you guys beat that stat (laughs) you're still here it's utterly amazing and um, you know for uh, me and my kids as even to this day when we drive by churches some group of families help start that church you see a building it just doesn't pop up and, and you guys were a part of that, and I think for you, Carol, um, what was it like in, in the early days for well, you and Jim?
4: I agree with um, Terry. I mean, it was fresh and exciting, and there, there weren't traditions yet. There weren't, I mean, um, like I had to set up the bank accounts and get the ID numbers and all those things that, you know, you kind of take for granted that are done, but we had to do them. And um, it was really a privilege and an honor because, um, you know, the Northwest Conference had this vision of a light here on the corner in Maple Grove, and we got to build on that vision. So it was really something. And, and we all worked together. And I think the bonds that we built mm-hmm. I mean, I was 30 when we started. That means I'm 60. I'm just all But you're older. <laughs> and <Me. litter> baby. <laughs>
0: T- Terry may ask to have that part, uh, yeah. Yeah, we true. may take that, oh. up, may take that out of the podcast.
4: There I am up on the well, up here, the dirty one up there.
0: Right there. <laughs> yeah. yes. What was yeah. that from, by the way?
4: I don't know. <laughs> we were doing <laughs> <laughs> something.
0: We're sod? We were doing we sod, sod that day.
4: Oh, my. Yeah. I was okay. dirty. Yeah. But look at us. Look at us. Yeah. I mean, two months ago, John and Peggy came over and helped me with a little house project. Terry and I are still good friends. Yeah, we were uh, out to dinner a, you know, a week night, ago. Yeah. And I
3: I, th- I think that, you know, the relationships that uh, people that are coming into Maple Grove yeah. Covenant now are forming if they would realize how foundational no, those it are is. and mm-hmm. um, how important they can remain if yeah. tended to. Yeah. Um, it's it's always there's always a tending yeah. to, to relationships mm-hmm. and and yet you end up with a lifetime lifetime and lifelong um, friends in Christ. Yeah. Just think of
4: the bonds that we have because we serve together. Yeah. And um, it's lasted this long, and that can—that's part of the body of Christ.
2: It is. It is. And mm-hmm.
0: people remark to me uh, when they come to this church that uh, the the how friendly people are, and how uh, people greet them, and there's just this ethos of community and friendliness, and I think it goes back to the early days because not not every church is like that. And, you know, we talk about in church planting, just like a baby, those first few years, they're so formational. What what sort of things that you do um, will, will actually be expressed later on in this church? And I think very much that friendliness, the bonds, the relationships, that's something that is, has stayed with us to this day, which is absolutely remarkable.
2: And priceless.
0: Yes, yeah. exactly.
2: It's, it's um, you know, the role of the church is to reach out to our community but that's only half of our job. The other half of our job is to reach out to each other, yeah. to be a, a true community of friends and, and mm-hmm. encourage each other, strengthen each other, uh, enjoy each other. And, uh, you know, Carol said it right. When you serve together, somehow all those things come together. And and it, it was a great time, and it um, and it still is. I mean, that opportunity is still here every week. Yeah.
3: And by serving, we mean we cleaned the bathrooms yeah. together. We do. <laughs> Every family was Sad. assigned a, a week to clean the church, and it came up s- way too often during <laughs> to the calendar year. And so, uh, two or three families came up and um, cleaned the building. Not when we were at Rice Lake, but when we came here. And I mean, so the kids played together, and, you know, we rotated uh, families, so we met new families every time we were cleaning the church, and um, nobody wanted to do the bathrooms. But, but, you know, it it was, um, like John said, the serving together and uh, doing life together. um, And I think, you know, when you mentioned the kids, you look at our children. Our children are
4: friends. Mm -hmm. Well, Mike and... Kyle? <laughs> they were yep. naughty, but bo- Well they Mike were was trouble. a naughty boy. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, yeah. you know, our friends are bonded. Our children, children are bonded, bonded too. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. It's, so. Well,
0: let's talk about the uh, transition. So you're you're at Rice Lake Elementary School, worshiped in there for a few years, and then the transition to this site right here, and some of the pictures that were seen of the actual building. Mm-hmm. Um, Kind of walk us through that, the going from Rice Lake, again being comfortable <laughs> in elementary school at that point. I mean, you kind of finally settled in, but now the big the big enterprise of actually
2: uh, a building. Yeah. Um, I grew up at First Covenant Church downtown, which is a gigantic historic church, and then I we went to Redeemer Covenant for about. Let's see, 13, 14 years, which was not established, uh, not quite as big, probably this size, you know, facility. And suddenly I'm showing up at a grade school to go to church. And um, my dad was a musician. He played a big pipe organ. And my, my tradition was this big, fancy music thing. And suddenly we're at a church where we have a piano player, and that's about it. And after a while we had a choir, which was great. I really loved that. But the transition, I think, was... Um, it was energizing because it was something new. And, you know, every week when we got there, we had to set up the chairs, we had to set up the stage, we had to set up the Sunday school rooms, we had to, you know, all of those things. That So, you know, you didn't show up at three minutes to nine for a nine o'clock service. (laughs) You were there at eight o'clock, you know, or maybe five after nine. Um, It was, it was... um, it was different than what we were used to, but it was it was very exciting. And, um, you know, like somebody said, it, there was this real sense of calling, the sense of, you know, I'm not showing up here because it's a routine that I've grown accustomed and comfortable with. There's something we're going to do here. There's something God is calling us to. And, and it was very energizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
0: I think... You know, as I mentioned, the, this collaboration between humanity and divine, is, uh, it's, a, it's a arduous but at the same time uh, it's a blessing because what you're actually doing with the church is you're bringing birth to something that had not existed before. And I think part of that, that hardship is, is the spiritual persecution, is the spiritual warfare because obviously Satan does not, not, does not want a church to start. And yet you guys uh, persevered and, and, and the building was built. And that's when, Jesse, you, you started coming into this church as a high schooler, getting involved in children's ministries with your mom. you want to talk about that?
5: Yeah, I um, started coming after the church was built and the sanctuary wasn't built yet. It was just in the gym. And I remember meeting in the gym, and it was different, but it was good. And when we came here, we, my parents played softball for years, and there was a softball group here. And so I knew people, and so it was a safe, trusted place just because I knew you know, those people. And then uh, my mom started doing children's ministry, Mary Engen, and she was started volunteering, and so then I started helping her. And then it's kind of given me the volunteer thing when I, the present day, to do it now, just because I know the importance of it and that you, um, what you teach the kids in class is, giving them the formation of the view of Jesus for them to be able to have that deep relationship later on in life. Yeah. And that's why I still do it.
0: But then again, I mean, uh, high school students, college students, that's where you were at that time, typically don't volunteer at a church on a Sunday morning. What, what was it about it for you to pitch Well, in my mom asked me. Okay. <laughs> which means she then, told you. Right, and I like I like the kids and, Jesse, and I'm, I'm trying to tee the ball up for you right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Some <something> spiritual. So, <laughs> so I, I liked the
5: kids and it was important and I I had a relationship with with God and I was going to Northwestern and that, that was providing even more of a you know, a formation of my own and it so it was kind of feeding off each other. But um, just the example of, you know, the older people, but the older people and the younger people, they do that now all the time, all the, all the helpers in there. And it's really, I think it's really important to have the helpers because then they, they learn.
0: Yeah, good. And John and Terry, I think, you know, coming to this building, uh, just kind of describe the, the amount of work it took to, you know, we saw, I think there was a picture, there it is, the overall picture, but I think that, that's the one they're rolling in the carpet, right? Yeah. Yeah. Talk, <coughs> talk about that. I mean, in, You couldn't just hire a company to lay down your carpet for you.
2: Well, we could have, but we didn't have any money. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you know Scott Manstead, any of you, but Scott went here for many years, and he was sort of one of the construction leaders. I must have spent, I don't know, 50 hours standing on a scaffold, putting the ceiling up in what is now the the, uh, gym over there, Two by six tongue and groove, um, it was just ha- kind of how we did things, um, most of the furniture, the public furniture, and stuff like that that you see around here, the offices all that was built by our people and um, again, there was you know it wasn 't just show up Sunday and sit here and enjoy the service. it was golly there 's things we got to do, and so we did them and um, and it was fun, I mean, at least for guys like me who like that stuff, you know. Um, and, and uh, the transition was interesting because we went from this little, tiny, small school setting where we had to be really careful that we didn't wreck anything and we had to know what we could use and what we couldn't touch uh, because the schools weren't real comfortable with letting us use all their stuff, you know, um, to here we are, we've got our own building, you know, now how are we going to take care of this? And at, at the beginning, this building, this, the auditorium was not here. We had the the gym, and we had the Narthex office space out here, and then we had about half of the education week. So if you know where the double doors are down the hallways, that's where it ended. And so we met in the in the gym, which was oh, it was noisy, and it was it was really hard to hear. I mean, you had to pay attention. But Larry, I have to say, was very captivating, and and uh, he he was a great preacher, is a great preacher, and. Um, it, it was, it was a good time. It was...
1: Tell them the blessing of our added summer, or our, our added... Oh, um,
2: oh, I don't know if you were going to say that, but we, we sort of got ourselves in a fix, where we, we... We were lots of young families, and we needed space for Sunday school. At, at the beginning, for the first, I would say, 10 years, 85% of our people, who were here on Sunday morning, came to Sunday school. So we were, we were packed. And you can always cram a few more in the gym, but you can't cram a few more in the Sunday school wing when it's already too small. And so we needed more space. And we really prayed about this. Our leadership was very concerned about this. And um, the way God worked this out, and maybe you've heard this story, but if you haven't, it's truly miraculous. We, we had no money to extend our wing out there to get more space. But we have this wonderful organization called National Covenant Properties that is a, a support group for the Covenant denomination, and they are like a bank for Covenant churches. And we went to them, and interest rates during the time that we were in here had gone way, way down. And and so what we did was is we refinanced our mortgage with them, and in the process we borrowed another hundred and fifty thousand, I think it was something like that, yeah. dollars. And because the interest rates were so low, our payment was less than what it was before. So we got this 150000 bucks to build that new wing, that extension to the education wing out there, which was absolutely a blessing. It was, it was you know, and that's kind of, that's how it was. <laughs> we have, through the years, we have just really seen God work. And so that picture, that one right there, that's when we, we all went out there. This is this was really a um, a meaningful time for many of us. I don't know if it was for the kids, but <laughs> but it was for us adults. And we all took a stud, one of those steel studs, and we wrote a Bible verse mm. on there. Mm. And if you went out there today and tore the sheetrock, don't. But if you tore the sheetrock, <laughs> <laughs> you know you could you could find those. And I think every stinking stud in there has a Bible, Bible verse written on it. It's is our way right? of saying God we. We wow. trust you with this. We're we're looking to you for leadership and guidance. And it was it was a it was a really That's great amazing.
0: time. Oh, I didn't know that. Ann, yeah. anything else you want to add on to that too?
3: Well, I was I was just thinking that we really wanted to take. It's not like we wanted to leave Redeemer like there was anything wrong yeah, with no. Redeemer, but we wanted to take the best of, mm-hmm. of what we had learned and grown um, yeah. spiritually from Redeemer and then bring our new ideas to it. And I I still think that's possible today because it's growing and it's changing and the leadership is changing and we're kind of passing the torch, so to say. Um, And so we want the next generation to take that and to um, feel that same excitement that there is more, for this building and uh, when we were meeting previously um, I mentioned that um, you could see this building from uh, the freeway at the time Um, Super America was right across the street and um, so a lot of people ended up here because they could either see the building from the street or when you got off the exit um, you were practically in our driveway so we got a lot of visitors just because uh, this because of the foresight of yeah. the people that were buying the property. Hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. they, they knew that people would see this building and, yeah. and come.
0: Yeah. How about for you, Carol? Uh, spe- any special memories as you uh, look, back look back 30 yeah. years in terms of uh, <laughs> that God was in this? There was something special going on. Yeah.
4: I was actually so glad that I got assigned to that question, (laughs) because there really is, I I have some notes, but because it's easier for me to talk about this with notes, but it really was such an interesting question for me to think about, because there actually is a very precious and important memory that comes immediately to my mind. You know, God does work corporately through the church body of believers, and I think at the time that we were part of the beginnings, you know, we could actually feel God moving within us, moving in us, and that as the community of faith was being built amongst us. But, you know, in the corporate community, God actually works one person at a time. And um, it was really through this corporate church body that God personally touched me. And you know, like I said, when we first started, I was only—I was only 30. <laughs> Look at how old I am now. But um, at the time, you know, I was 30. I was single. I was a professional woman. Mm-hmm. And um, and somehow I'm 60. <laughs> a professional woman that and single happen? again. How did that <laughs> but um, anyway, so this was a new community here, and the church was full of couples and families and here I am a single person and there wasn't any other single people here except for one man (laughs) and his name was Jim Dunbrowski. And you know, I had definitely, definitely noticed Jim. In fact, my mother pointed him out to me one time and said, Carol, you should really get to know that Jim D'Androsi. <laughs> so we when all your mother thought says so. It's okay, <laughs> well, and then, um, so, but I, you know, I had definitely noticed him, but I hadn't really talked to Jim. And um, so, I don't know, a couple months after the church had started, I was at work and it was a beautiful fall day, and I just took my lunch, and I went to a park nearby at work, and I was eating my lunch and praying. And um, I've never had this happen to me quite like it happened at this time, but um, God spoke to me, and it was so, it was almost audible. And he said, you don't have to worry about the future, and you are going to marry Jim Dombrowski. <laughs> And um, you know, at this point, I hadn't really even talked to him, so it's kind of you know amazing. So then, um,
0: did you tell him? Did you say, God told me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I talked to my sister instead. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> now, my
4: sister is Barbara Magnuson, who's Larry's wife. Yeah. You know, so Larry is yeah. my brother-in-law. So anyway, I was talking to Barbara, and I said, "What an experience this was," you know. And she said, "Well, Carol, all the church ladies." are thinking that you and Jim should, you know, get together. <laughs> I haven't helped poor Jim, you know. He had God and all the church ladies trying to with <laughs> <match make> us. <laughs> I think he was open to it, though. But um, anyway, you know, so like I said, you know, at this point I hadn't even talked to him yet, but God had told me something, and... Actually, Jim and I had laughed about this later, but so anyway, um, it was at the stage of the church where we, we were forming focus groups to determine things like the church name and what kind of you know, what we were going to do, and and so magically, Dottie Auer, who was the church administrator then, um, put Jim and Carol. Morbick into the same focus group. Mm. And it was like, oh. (laughs) (coughs) Providential. Yeah. And then amazingly. Or
3: not.
2: (laughs) Dottie was pretty providential.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's why heaven helped Jim when the church ladies (laughs) get matchmaking. But amazingly, Jim called me and Mm. said, "Um, would you like to go out to dinner and then we can go to the church meeting together? And I was like, oh. Yes. (laughs) So um, we never made it to the church meeting at all. (laughs) We we sat and talked and talked and talked. And and, um, the rest was just history.
0: (laughs) That's a great story. Um, I love that.
4: Yeah, and actually... um, well, I, for parents, I'm sorry I'm going to say this, but this is the truth. We were engaged in one week and married four and a half months later. <laughs> but, um, but really, you know, really God had told me, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Honestly, he and, you know, it was right for Jim, too. And um, Tom Lundberg sang at our wedding, that crazy Sandy Patty song. Yeah, it was just like <laughs> Jim apparently went to him later and said, Tom, I'm really sorry she picked that song. <laughs> I, um, I just learned that the other week from Tom. But anyway, you know, from the, there, from our marriage, you know, Jim and I raised our family in this church. And, you know, we served in various roles throughout the, the time. And, you know, so was God working? God worked personally in my life and in Jim's life. And God had a purpose for us, and he has a purpose for you too. And hmm. that's that's my story. Thanks, Carol. <laughs> Jim's in heaven now, but
0: yeah. um, you know, you. yeah. You. John, as we close, uh, what would you say to folks that are here maybe for the first time, or they've been coming for maybe a year or two? What's the takeaway? Because obviously, looking back on the 30 years, it's it's not like it's been a, a, <laughs> smooth, a smooth ride, problem-free. 30 years. Yeah. What, what kind of advice would you give them?
2: Well, we serve a consistent, loving God who is with us at all times, but we are in community with people. And we have our ups and downs, and, and Craig's right. We, we've had some great years and we've had some hard years. And through it all, God has been with us. And, um, and, and if I was going to say one thing to all of you, I would say, um, in reference to my my time here at Maple Grove, the church you choose to come to is not, should not be based on some kind of shallow consumerism. Oh, I like the music, or I really like that way the pastor wears his hair, or... Um, <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or your love for golf and how, how, how that happens to work into things here at church. Um, <laughs> I'm being facetious, of course. Peggy, elbow him in the ribs. When you come to church, this should be your spiritual home. This needs to be your place where you come through the good and the bad, the up and the down. You know, I didn't always get along with my brothers and sisters, but I never quit being their brother or their, you know, I was, never part, I was always part of that family. And if I would say anything to you, make this your church home and then stay here. This looking around because I don't like the song we sang last week, or yikes, I don't like who's in charge right now, or I don't like this pastor, that is no reason to leave a church in my view. You're here, we're here for each other. We're not here for Craig, we're here for each other. And that's the thing that we found so endearing and so priceless. That that you have friends here and can have friends here who will grow you and help you and nourish you through the good and the bad, the hard and the not so hard. And I am and will be eternally grateful for the impact that this church had on on Peggy and me, how it's grown me, how it's grown my kids, how it's grown growing my grandchildren. Um, this is a legacy that is... So precious to me and um, and I would just tell you if there 's one thing I would say you need to learn, pick a church and stay there mm. be the be the change be the be the stability, be the person or persons who who help God hold that church together, mm. because we can do that, and you know this eh, I don't like the color of the pews. I'm leaving. And, and you laugh maybe at that. But you know what? That's what happens. People, yeah. people get yeah. in fights about stuff like that, and yeah. they leave. I'm, I'm out of here. And that, can you imagine what that does to God's heart? Yeah. To think that we would fight over the color of something. Or, you know, that's yeah. not what we're about here. We're about loving each other and loving God and worshiping him here in this place. Mm. So, yeah.
0: Thanks for each of you to come up here and and share your perspective. And, John, can I ask you to pray? You bet. Close this time out.
2: Heavenly Father, how grateful I am for your great love for us, for your influence and your guidance in the planting and growing of this church, for all the folks that have been here, who have worshipped here, who have served here. Some are still here, some are other places, but God, we are just grateful for the witness that this has been in Maple Grove all these years. And Father, now as we end our service, we are asking you to continue to be a, the major part of our life. As a church, help us, God, to grow each week. Help us to still burn with a passion for serving each other and serving our community and worshiping you. We really, really want to be a go-love-live church. And Jesus, we just thank you for your great love for us. Thank you for Pastor Craig and our staff, the way they work to serve us each week. Thank you so much for their efforts. We just pray now as we leave that you would bless our week, encourage us, strengthen us to serve you better, to share the good news of Jesus. Be with our children who are out in the other part of the building. We love them, God, and we just uh, we we thank you for your input into their lives. Keep us safe through this week. We ask this all in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's give him a hand.
0: Thanks. I, it. I got it. I cool. Thank you, guys.